Steve, I understand why you hate when people give you recommendations <laughs> because I think that you know this about yourself or that you were really good at giving recommendations. So maybe you just understand that no one's ever going to top you. Is that, is that <laughs> what, like, have I gotten to the is bottom of this? Of me to, is that conceited for me to say that? Because like, I always feel like when I give recommendations, it's not about what I like. It's about, oh, that, I think this, you know, Michelle's really going to like this or like this person, you know, I think this is really going to connect with them or I feel like so many people give recommendations about something that they like because they like it. So if they like it, everyone needs to like it. And that's just not, that's just not true. So yes, I think that's exactly what it is. Okay. Well, now that we have solved that. Hi, I'm Michelle. And I'm Steve. And this is a podcast for creatives. Two friends talking about the complex, messy, and beautiful experience that is being a creative. I think I'm a tough audience when it comes to things that I consume. I have a very weird and specific set of things that I'm into and certain styles that I'm into. And Steve, I feel like you like have it nailed. <laughs> I feel like everything that you ever recommend to me, I'm like, yeah, I'm obsessed with this, you know, whatever the thing is. So the latest of which uh, you have recommended this podcast to me called Mobituaries. And all I can think about is that this podcast that you recommended to me only one week ago has just completely consumed my week. I couldn't, I'm like, well, what has happened this week that we can talk about? And I'm like, pretty much I have just listened to this podcast and one other that's like in a very similar vein. So all of this to say in listening to that podcast, it's excellent. And I love the subject matter because they're, he's telling like these deep dive stories into about things that have happened in history, about people in history. There are a lot of Broadway touches in, in, in all of the stories, not just the first one that you recommended to me about Fanny Bryce. But in listening to them and the other podcast that I mentioned that's like of a similar style is this podcast from Slate called One Year. They're like audio documentaries, essentially. It's not just like a life story. It, it, it has these elements and these twists and turns and stories that you didn't know and about these things that we've all interacted with or, or have consumed over over the years or witnessed. Um, so yeah, I think that's a that's a good way of putting it. Not only was I so engaged in learning about these stories and the details of these stories that I didn't know about, but I also found myself studying these episodes and the way in which they were being told. So what did they start with and what did they end with? and where they connected, where do they take breaks, where do they have musical cues. And I've shared in the last couple episodes that I've been getting a lot more into video and I'm not taking any kind of like course in how to create better videos or how to tell better stories. I'm trying to be extra in tune when I consume things to take note of what's working and what's not working. And whether you are someone who has been or is exploring video right now, or just creating anything, I think that we have reached a point on the internet where everything has to be a story. And I, this is has already existed, but I wanna make the argument that like we can't get away with not incorporating a story into something that we're gonna share on the internet. Yeah. And this includes even like, not just videos, like if you're designing a logo, 
if you're designing a flyer, if you're making a short or even like an announcement, all of those things yeah. have to have storytelling elements in it for it to hit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a connection point, right? I mean, it's how you see yourself in whatever it is, is being shared or how you find your, your, your place within whatever is being shared or told. So that's it. You agree with me? The end? <laughs> I do agree with you. Um, the battle, I think, that exists around storytelling, I don't know if it's a battle, but I think that it's become a very trendy term. And I think everyone's in agreement of some sort that, like, well, you got to tell your story or we got to do storytelling or we got to, you know, whatever it is, because you can't just give people facts and people interpret facts and people listen to facts, but people remember the story that's associated with whatever it is. And so I think that's always the point is you want to leave a, a lasting impression. And the way that you can do that or the way that you can better connect is by is by telling a story. It goes back to, you know, our earliest days of memories of, of reading books or memories of things that happen with our within our families, you know, traditions and whatnot. It's you just don't tell people, oh, yes, this is what we do at Christmas time. Like there's usually a story that's a, attached to that, that, you know, has that emotional element that usually spurs on somebody else to want to then t share their story with it. So I, I do think that it's it's the best way to connect with your audience. It's the best way to to develop trust with your audience is by sharing your story, is by whether it's a personal story where you're being vulnerable or where you're sort of bringing people into, you know, whatever it is your process. I thought your logo point was cool too. I think so many people, you know, focus in on design elements when it comes to that, but really it's it's the so what behind, you know, your brand, you know, that that ends up getting sort of, illustrated and, and shown in that final logo design. We don't really do this a lot on this podcast, but do you think that we could talk tactically about what are the sort of things that make a story good? Because I threw that out there like, oh, if you're designing a logo, you, you better have a story yeah. behind it. And that might be intimidating <laughs> to someone, which I get. Sure. But I think that any good story is going to be good because of the twist that you put on it. And I don't mean twist like, oh, do something clever. I just mean like be true to where it's where the source is coming from and, and your style and let that come out. But I do think that there are these like foundational things that make a really good story that I was trying to take note of when I was listening to these podcasts this week. Right. I think that goes back to, you know, people throw around the term relatable content and in many ways, I think that's what it is. You know, I think people identify with stories that they see themselves in or that are very recognizable to their past um, or who they are or what they want to be. Um, you know, you sort of chase that. I think, you know, you and I, uh, I don't know if we would embarrassingly say it now, but I think you know, seven, eight, nine years ago, I think you and I, one of the things that we connected over was, was Gary Vaynerchuk. And now we sort of look at it and, and at least I do. And I'm just like, Nope, not doing that anymore. <laughs> right. But there was a certain element of the way that he told a story, his story that we saw ourselves in. And then, you know, I, but I think that can be very compelling. You know, now I find myself consuming videos on YouTube with, you know, with chefs and cooks and, and, you know, very many, many of them have these, these experiences that parallel what I remember growing up with in an Italian family. And I find myself going back to them more and more because I see myself in them. So I think when you're trying to tell your story, I think what you're trying to do is pull out the items that, that connect people, those common bonds, those common things that we all sort of share that I think 
sort of unite us. Um, a lot of that centers around nostalgia. A lot of that centers around, you know, common memories. I, I think that's part of the the challenges when you think about your story. There are certain elements that are just you know related to you. But you know, it's funny when I when I talk about mine, like I I don't I don't often talk about my mom and we've talked about this on the podcast that she passed away a number of years ago but like I don't always just go around talking about my mom but I also know that like you know when I'm having a conversation with somebody and and they're sharing something with me or or you know I want to I want to connect with them like I go to a place where I talk about my relationship with my mom or something that she taught me and how it how it helped me um, through a situation or how I still use it today because I think oftentimes like it's good for me because it allows me to remember my mom in a really special way. But I also think for the person I'm talking with, if it's at work or whatever, it tells them a little bit about me. Right. It tells them about, you know, that that, you know, that those those moments meant something to me. And I'm more than just a supervisor or a boss or whatever it is. And at the same time, like they're able to say, oh, yeah, you know, I can remember my mom doing or and you have this kind of connection. And that's sort of your story. It's a part of your story. I mean, you're not telling your story beginning to end and saying so in conclusion. Right. But like it's these moments along the way. I also think that can be a very intimidating thing when we talk about telling a story is we feel the pressure to tell it from beginning to end, you know, so people kind of get a handle on you. And really it's in the moments that you interact with them or that you create a piece of content where you're showing a little bit more about yourself that pulls back the curtain a little bit on who you are, where you came from, what matters to you, and and ultimately where you see your audience kind of fit into that. Okay, you just shared so many, so many great tips. And <laughs> I, I want to make sure that anyone listening to this is paying attention to them. When we think about telling stories, and we think about a really good story, my mind maybe just because I'm a movie fan, not that I'm a huge fan of these movies, but I always think it has to be something really epic. I'm like, oh, like, you know, like Lord of the Rings or like Star Wars. <laughs> so yeah. if if you're going into creating whatever it is that you're working on with that as your standard, I believe in like shooting big, but those stories are not relatable right. to, to most people. You might fall short. Yes. Yeah. I think it is much more powerful to talk about the ordinary things and right. if you're able to put your own spin on it that is the thing that that will make them special but i think don't think about starting from this like epic place think about starting from a really ordinary place in talking about your mom when you talk about her i mean because she's passed on, it would be really easy for you to like turn it into this like legacy story and be like, let me tell you, you know, my mom was born on this day in this place. And, Picture it. And yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. and here's everything that happened. No, it's like, no, yeah. it's, it's, I remember this one time where I was having like a really tough time in the situation and my mom gave me like a great piece of advice. Like that, that, oh, yeah. that is I the tell, story. Listen, like, one of my favorites, I'll share it here yeah, because I, it. I also, I, I still think it's one of my, you know, the, the things that anybody can, I'm sure anybody's parent has told them, but I think it, it, it still helps me out to this day. And I don't even remember the nature of the conversation that we were having. I just remember the piece of advice that came from it. And my mom said to me one day, advocate for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. And I didn't understand it until I got to a position where you are the one, like people aren't doing things for you anymore. 
you know, like your parents aren't there to, to, to buy the food for you. You know, your, your teachers aren't there to sort of help you through things like you're on your own and you have to fight and you have to claw and you have to advocate for yourself to get what you want and make a case for what you want. And it's something where, you know, when I'm talking to somebody about making a case for something or, or standing up for something that they believe in or, or pushing back or at, you know, strategically advising, whatever it is, like, you know, you, you want to make that case and say, like, listen, advocate for yourself. No one else is going to be at that table, but your voice has the power to help you get where you want to go. And it's just it's something that I love being able to share that story and share that advice, because I know it's coming from someone who probably had to do it herself and in and, and, and her job and, and had to do it in her life. And we never really talked about the story or the example that came from her life that part I'm always kind of curious about still I have my my thoughts but it's the it's the 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 advice that came out of it that ultimately kind of spurned on however somebody else can take that and and sort of run with it my mind's going like a million different directions right now because you're saying so many good things it probably was just (laughs) to get a better deal on something at ShopRite like I'm I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure that's what it was but I'd like to think it was something different (laughs) If they don't accept that coupon, it's probably what it was. Yeah, she probably wanted she probably wanted a BOGO sale and 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 she missed it by like a couple hours and yeah, but All right. So from that little sub story, the part that I'm taking from it that I think is the most valuable is to leave some room or ambiguity and intrigue um I think when you're telling a story, you don't have to answer all of the questions. And I think the best stories are the ones that pose an, a question to who's ever listening to it, your audience. And maybe it almost creating a little bit of like tension, controversy, uncomfortableness. I did take, when I was starting to write my book, I took a masterclass on masterclass.com, not sponsored, uh, with <laughs> with yeah. Malcolm Gladwell. And he's just another, you know, in speaking of these two podcasts we mentioned, I would say any of Malcolm Gladwell's podcasts are also great examples of good storytelling. But in his masterclass, the one thing that I remember from it most was his advice to end your story with it being unresolved. And when I heard that, I was like, "Mm, I don't like that. I like tying a bow on things. I like having this like neat and pretty conclusion. But the more I took that thought into my, um, you know, podcast listening or, or movie watching or TV watching experiences, the more I realized, oh, okay, now I get it. If you leave things unresolved, that's like the equivalent of storytelling like white space. It's it's the space where you invite the audience to be part of the experience, to insert themselves into the story, to insert their opinions into the story, and for them to then take that story that they just experienced and then like bring it out into the world and share it with other people, which is I, the the point of all stories, I think, is yeah. is to forge these human connections. Yeah feels like like as consumers too we always want something exactly the way you say it like we want things to kind of be resolved we want to know what the end of the series is going to be like at the end of the movie that the guy gets the girl or the girl gets the guy or whatever like we we want it we want that to be the case but 
so often some of the better experiences that we've had in in watching film or 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 you know watching shows or reading it does have those elements of things being unresolved and it does also keep you coming back for more or keep that story alive because it does it opens things up for interpretation a little bit more I think a great example of this is the ending of The Sopranos, which is a show that I've not I've not watched a single episode of it, but I think it's famous for ending with this like fade to black. And I think a lot of people were unsatisfied with that ending and they were like, yeah, but what does that mean? And, yeah, you know, I think that just very much falls in line with like, I think that that was kind of the point is that all stories like have to end at some point and yeah. That sucks. I hate that. I I mean, you know this about me. There are a lot of TV shows where like I still haven't watched the last episode because it's like yeah. my way of right. like letting it live on forever. But yeah, in that in the Sopranos instance, you know, it was a way that, you know, people were talking about it so much that like even me as someone who never watched an episode before, like I know what the ending is because so many people have mentioned it and talk right. about I mean, creating like a legacy for your show. Right. As I was talking before, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade came up in my head because Mm -hmm. I've always had this thought about that film specifically where it was like he was so close to getting the Holy Grail. And if you haven't seen it, spoiler (laughs) alert, he was so close to getting the Holy Grail. And, you know, his dad, you know, tells him, hey, you know, Indiana, let it go. And he finally lets it go. They let go of it's. It, it was this father's dream, right? Indiana wanted to get it for himself, but also for his dad. His dad is telling him, hey, let it go. You know, we've come far enough. And common sense prevails and they exit the building and, you know, get out before, the, you know, all the everything kind of crashes down on them with all the columns. And, and they pan back to that night and that night's just standing there realizing that, like, I've been here for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years and I'm not getting out anytime soon. And he's waving goodbye, and they're all getting on their horses and leaving. And I'm just like, what are they doing? Like, is, is he still there? Did anybody ever go back to find that thing? We know where it is. They could tell him it's there. Like, you know, like, we just let it go. Like, but I think that's part of the, the, the frustration. And yet, like, what always pulls you back into a story is that there's unresolved p- components of it that – okay, great for, for him and his dad that they found this piece and they're moving on, but you're just like, but this thing that you wanted is right there. Like, you don't, is the knight still there? I imagine he is. So it's it's <laughs> it's true. I think it's I think it's 100% true. And that's what I feel like, you know, tying it back into where we started this with the Movituaries podcast uh, with Mo Rocca, who was of CBS Sunday Morning fame and to be on The Daily Show, was a writer for Wishbone. For those of you who grew up on Wishbone on PBS, there's a Wishbone episode of Mobituaries. I highly recommend it. He doesn't do a life story. It's not a beginning-to-end bio of the person. It's a specific snapshot of something that happened in that person's life that they experienced that they went, that he goes fairly deep on. And there are other elements of their lives that don't get touched, and there's elements of what they've gone through that doesn't necessarily get resolved, but, you know, that they're focusing on. But it it does tell a story, a very compelling story that has these these sort of truths that are brought out that we feel are very personable that we can sort of identify with. And yet there are things that they've endured and that they've gone through that we don't just tie up, you know, in a bow. And I think to your point, that's important too. Life is not clean and tidy. Life is messy and raw and the creative process is messy and raw. And 
you know, I think that we should take lessons from that and understand that, you know, when we're telling our story, certain things are not going to be, you know, A plus B equals C, and that's okay. You brought up another word at the beginning of the episode that I wanted to make sure that we chat about a little bit, and that was the word vulnerability. Now, when it comes to stories that we tell on the internet, I think that there is, this kind of has to be done delicately because I think some people hear that word and they're just like, okay, fine. Anytime I'm crying, I'm going to like come onto Instagram and like tell everyone about it. And that's going to make my audience like relate to me. And that is, I I know I've seen it a thousand (laughs) times. That's like your whole thing. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And that's one way of doing it. And you know, maybe that, you know, maybe that works for you, for your brand, for your, for your audience. But I think there are other ways to show vulnerability than like jumping directly toward crying or right. being like, oh my God, guys, I'm going to like tell you my deepest, darkest secret. I feel um, like that's, that, that's what yeah, holds people back sometimes with vulnerability. No, I don't mean to cut you off, but I feel like that that's it. Like we hear the word vulnerability and we feel like we have to do something to expose ourselves. Or I, I always feel like it's this like ripping open of your, your chest and like, mm-hmm. this is who I am. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't feel like that's, that's what, what, how we connect with vulnerability. Sometimes I feel like that backfires or we're just like, whoa, too much. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. need to know all of this, you know? I would say it's a more uh, advanced skill in storytelling or maybe like moderate, but yeah. I feel like we just kind of covered like the, the two, like maybe don't start by jumping in head first. I, I feel like I can think of more bad examples than good. Because I think yeah, I think those are easy to spot, right? I mean, those are you know you get that sense immediately when someone's kind of it's kind of gone a little too far in that direction. Yeah, like there are a couple people that I follow and a couple that I've had to like kind of stop following. That I I kind of get the sense that they are overusing it almost to to like get attention, or at least that's I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm misreading or misinterpreting their intention, but there's right. there's one person I follow, and this is not this is not to be clear anyone like in our community or anyone that like I know in real life. So I really I don't know the whole story, but I feel like every post is like crying on the verge of crying, and then saying like this awful thing has happened or like this awful thing keeps happening, but I can't. I can't tell you more than that, unfortunately. Like, so it, it feels very like, um, Tease. bait, bait, it, it or feels like, like it's a bait. Yeah, yeah, and and so eventually, I had to kind of be like, this. If we're never gonna learn <laughs> what's going on here, right. I I can't keep engaging in this. I think if you want to tell your story, which is your choice, it is your story, but you are sharing it with other people. Right. If you're making that intention to bring other people in, you know, you have to remind yourself that they're in a place too, consuming this, you know, listening to this. And that matters in the equation to to being vulnerable and sharing things. And I think sometimes with like, you know, not everything is a story. And I, I think sometimes there's this forced storytelling where you're almost like, manifesting something that isn't there or if it is there you're playing it up maybe worse than it is and i i do think people can read that Mm -hmm. you know i do think or or you're making it funnier than it like i do think people can 
can see that coming a mile away. And when we're talking about storytelling and, 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 and sharing your brand story or your personal story, I think it's much more important to remind yourself that, you know, this is about ultimately connecting with somebody, with someone else. And the best way that we can connect with people, the best, the, you know, the best tool to do that really is through emotion. So it should always be in your mind about not this pressure to create a story or to create something or to, to manifest something that is or isn't there, but it, it really is more about getting your, your audience to feel something on an emotional standpoint. And I think if you're eliciting that emotion, however it is you're trying to connect with them, you're doing your job. You know, you're, you're being effective. You're being true. I don't tell stories about my mom willy nilly. I don't go around using my mom and her passing and, and her battle as a crutch, but sometimes things come up where I feel like, you know, this is important to share something that I learned from her. And it's important for people to know where it came from because it's about me and what my values are and I can keep her alive in this moment and, and connect her wisdom and what she's taught me to somebody else. And that connects on an emotional level with people. It tells them more about me. It tells them where I came from. And that's important. I want people to know where I came from. I want people to know what matters to me because that's ultimately how I connect and how I build relationships. And But it's not about telling this, you know, this life story about, you know, my mom. And, you know, I think that's what you're sort of getting at where like people kind of tease something that you know, seems so grandiose and, and, and really like, we're just looking to connect with you on a human level. Oh yeah. That's, I, I think that that's the whole point of this is like connect at a human level. And for me, that, that comes through best through like small little details. So maybe it might be helpful if you're thinking about how can I incorporate vulnerability into my storytelling, not to look at it from like, okay, I got to like on my content calendar, like on Tuesday, I have to tell a vulnerable story. Be vulnerable. Yes. <laughs> to vulnerability Wednesdays or whatever it is, <laughs> but more in your editing, maybe keep something in, that you would typically edit out. And that, that could be you tripping over a word or it could just be, you know, something maybe that like makes you a little bit uncomfortable, but might make someone else laugh. Like I'm thinking about one of the episodes that I listened to this week. And this one is from the um, one year podcast. And the episode is from the most recent season. It's about the year 1942. And this episode was about how the year 1942 was in American history, the most popular year to get married, like more couples got mm. married that year than any other because it was when men started to get drafted. Um, so yeah. a lot of people kind of rushed into it. So, so the book ends of this story was told from one of the producers who, who works on this podcast. Her grandmother is 98 years old. So mm -hmm. the, so the episode starts with her having this conversation with her grandma who got married in, in 1942. And mm -hmm. <laughs> the grandma is from, you know, she's this, uh, you know, Jewish lady and she grew up like in the Bronx. So she has this really great accent that makes me think of some people in my family who, who grew up in a, in a similar era and, and area of the country. She's talking about her husband, who's this, the, the producer's grandfather and she just keeps saying yeah when I first met Leo he was just he was so sexy he was the sexiest guy 
She's like, yeah, we met when we were like 15 years old. And she just keeps going on and on. And, the, and then the producer kind of like interjects into the audio and says something like, it was really uncomfortable to hear my grandma talk about my grandpa in this way. <laughs> like she would not stop talking about like how sexy he was. And I feel like, you know, maybe that's not the best example of vulnerability, but I probably wouldn't want to be telling a story and then being like, here, I'm going to bring my grandparents into this and they're going to, they're going to be talking about their relationship and then like sharing that with the world that would make me uncomfortable. But I, I like that she kind of made a a comment and a joke about it. And I was like, oh my God, I I would feel the same way if I were her. That's vulnerable. I mean, that, that is an example of vulnerability. I think it's just, it's just capturing where you were in that moment and telling people how you felt in that moment and not trying to make a story out of something that's not a story. You're just, you're trying to give people a look into that, that emotional spot that you were in and it's just being honest. And I think there are things that you keep for yourself, but I think there's also an element of it's relatable. People understand that people see themselves in those moments and it's something that they feel comfort in knowing that other people also feel that. I think that's the beauty of social media to its core. It's it's connecting over moments that we've all sort of experienced or shared or not even all of us, some of us. But when you find your tribe and someone's able to sort of do that through an effective story that connects with you on an emotional level, you know, you have a fan for life. It also doesn't have to be words. A lack of words can be the most powerful thing. I mean, you, anyone who has listened to episodes of this, like sometimes there are pauses that like I leave in on purpose because mm-hmm. in our conversation, like we have to pause either because one of us said something that was like really heavy or we might get emotional about something or we're like, mm-hmm. or we're just cracking up. And I, and I, you know, maybe it's annoying to listen to that laughter, but I feel like that <laughs> gives the audience a much better sense of what it would be like to like sit down with the two of us in real life and like hang out with us like those those moments are are what make a good story a good conversation don't feel like you have to be so perfect in your editing which is something that I really had to get past is like I've even started keeping in some certain specific like ums and like tripping over words because I think sometimes when you or I are are talking and we're tripping over words it means that we're like uncomfortable about what we're about to say or it might be something that's like hard for us to say and i think that in keeping that in that like further emphasizes that there's a quote in an article that i read from james taylor not too long ago and i actually i had cut it and put it into my notes because it's just something that i go back to every so often and he was talking about his process as a songwriter and and sharing moments and experiences and things that have happened to him along his life as a connecting point. And he says, um, you know, why do people sing the blues? It's because it helps to share it with other people and to expiate it, to have it out right in front of you. What you always hope for as a songwriter is your way of manifesting your emotions will be useful to other people. But in general, we don't engage with things that are hard. And I, I, I took that as what he shares isn't exactly where he was you know if you listen to fire and rain there's some real gut-wrenching parts of that song that if you're not aware of his story may or may not necessarily make a lot of sense to you but i think that's part of it is that in the music it pulls you into the person and it makes you want to find out about the person a little bit more and maybe what's at the root of 
some of these things and some of these these songs that you have consumed and loved all all of your life and i think that's just it that's the hook that's the relationship so you want to leave that that gray area in there i think you want to leave that room for for growth with your audience and that room for growth on your own path like it's not just about the audience it's not just about what they get out of the story you're still living your path you're not at the end game and then saying okay let me tell you about my life like you still have so much room to grow in what you're about to accomplish in your life that it gives you that freedom and 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 really kind of gives you that blessing in many ways to to continue growing and continue to find out more about yourself so it continues to contribute to that story that you continue to share. The more creative storytelling that I've like done, I don't know, it's it's made me like happier to be able to like express these things through the podcast, through video, through writing. And I think that, you know, anyone who's ever told a story in any form, even if it's, you know, creating a logo, you're doing it. But I think now I have an understanding that I'm doing it. And I think this is like when I wrote my book, I had this aha moment where I was like, it's kind of psychoanalyzing what I understood this story that I had told these characters that I had created and then started to think about other stories that I have read and knowing like those author stories or the filmmakers like personal stories and the aha moment was like oh my god this is just stuff that the 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 creator is trying to process yeah. And, and they're putting it out in a story. And, you know, that in a way made me feel even more vulnerable, like in a bad way about like, I can't, I can't put this, in. everyone's going to know all this stuff about me if they read this that maybe I don't right. want right. to share. But in a way, it is also very like therapeutic, I think, for anyone who's creating anything. So let, let that stuff come out. You know, you don't have to, like you said about telling stories about your mom, like you don't have to share every single detail, but if it feels, if you're feeling like called to say something, share something, illustrate something in whatever medium you're doing it, go with that feeling because it, it, it wants to come out for, for whatever reason, whether it's beneficial to you or maybe it also may be beneficial to whoever is going to be consuming it. If you've enjoyed this episode, help us spread the word on social media. Tag us at pod creatives and let us know which stood out to you. If I'm like leaning one way, I had wrenched my neck this morning. Last night, Rachel says to me, you mind putting the garbage in the garbage can before you come up? I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I, of course, forget to do it because I'm a guy. Uh, and this morning at like 730, I'm like, all right, let me go bring that garbage out. When I bring the cans in the garage, they have to go behind the back of my car. So they're in essence like pinned between the garage door and the back of my trunk. So I bring this heavy garbage bag out and I'm like trying to get an angle to like lift the lid of the garbage can to then bring my hand over and drop it in. And like in this whole act to do this, everything just locked up on me in the moment. Maybe I should do that too. And then I could just rotate our screens just ever so slightly. So we straighten out. It's during the week. It's like, okay, you're you're just kind of going to work and whatnot. But with a four year old, he doesn't care. Like he saw me do it. Like he asked me what's wrong. I'm like, oh, I hurt my neck and he's like oh you want to play hot potato (laughs) (laughs) yeah sure let's do it